Critical Blast, where pop culture gets blasted. Sometimes a person appears on the big screen in an unforgettable moment, then disappears from the public view. Most of them are never heard from again. Maybe the film was a flop. Maybe they decided the life wasn't for them. Maybe they were too identified with the role and couldn't be seen as anyone else afterward. One of these shining stars is Tammy Stronach, who captivated audiences worldwide in The NeverEnding Story as the childlike empress. Several years would pass before Stronach would again grace the screen. She's been far from idle in that intervening period. With a new venture and some new projects in the work, Tammy took a few moments to speak with us about where she came from and where she's going now. I want to thank you for taking the time to talk with us. And oh, no, happy to. Obviously, you know, a lot of people are going to go back to Neverending Story when they think of Tammy Stronach. And I wanted to start with there, um, because you were barely 11 when the Neverending Story came out, and I'm guessing younger than that when they were actually filming it. Uh, what do you yeah. remember most vividly from that experience? Um, I, I remember most vividly the, uh, actually the filming of it, being directed by Wolfgang Peterson and um, being in the scene. For me, that was absolutely the best part of the whole thing. Okay, was, when you look at your IMDb, your, your acting credits, it goes from there to this big long gap uh, where most people are going to say, well, she's done nothing since then because, you know, if you're not acting, obviously, <laughs> what are you doing? Uh, but you had a very long career in dancing after that. I did. I, after the never-ending story, we um, discussed whether or not I would stay uh, trying to work in professional film and uh, agreed as a family that that probably wasn't the best path for us as a family in terms of navigating Hollywood through being a child. Um, and so I kind of redirected my energy somewhat towards dance and fell in love with it and ended up uh, becoming a dance choreographer in New York and running a company for over 20 years here, um, which was amazing. Uh, but I was actually sort of secretly acting always. <laughs> I joined a theater company in New York for seven years and we created four original plays together at um, a wonderful theater in New York called Soho Rep. Um, and I did some acting in some other um, off-Broadway shows. Um, so a lot of the dance work that I did would be categorized as dance theater, which is not something that people are that familiar with, but it's dance that does blend some theatrical elements into it, does have text. Um, there was a lot of singing involved with certain projects. So I've always been kind of interested in hybrid forms and blending my love of dance and theater together. And so I was working throughout the time that I was away, but just uh, live on stage in New York. Sure. Now, you've obviously come back to acting, and I was going to ask, how has your dance career informed the acting that you do now? But I think you've just kind of touched on that. Yeah, no, I, I find that they're, they're very related, and I think for me, the reason that I spend time making art <laughs> is um, I think that there's something really valuable in being connected to your emotions, and it's this wonderful excuse to kind of keep that part of you alive and not become numb, um, and I'm sort of 
terrified of becoming numb. I think the world kind of inspires to, to get us to become empathetic, and it's my greatest fear, and I feel like that's what the, the mission of art is to keep us uh, awake emotionally, and, um, and dance is something where, you know, you obviously have to be incredibly sensitive to how you're feeling and to what your body's experiencing, and that connects to what your emotions are experiencing, and, and acting the same. It's, it's a, just a slightly different, um, you know, door to enter into, but it's about being present and about being emotionally available to whatever you need to be doing. All right. Was Going back to the never-ending story here, when you finished that up, was there anything specific about the experience that made you feel that, that you didn't want to go into acting at that time, or made your parents feel that maybe it wasn't the right choice for, you know, being a child at the time? Yeah, the scripts that I got after the never-ending story were not scripts that I was interested in being in, to be honest. Um, there were some really violent scripts, there were scripts with nudity, um, and it really just felt like um, not appropriate for a kid. I, I was 11 and I was like, Mom, Dad, this is not appropriate. <laughs> so, you know, for me it was always uh, about the quality of the story, and obviously the Neverending Story is such an incredible um, piece of art and work of literature and it has a beautiful message and I think if I had had scripts come, come to me as a kid that I was excited about, I probably would have continued um, or at least, you know, considered it, but um, I really think that it's really a useful conversation that's happening right now in Hollywood about, you know, what who's making the scripts, who's behind the camera, who's producing the stories and, um, and taking some time to consider, you know, what kinds of um, people are not just in front of the camera, but behind the camera and behind the typewriter. No typewriters anymore. I'm showing my age. <laughs> um, but, you know, uh, so I think for me the real issue was I wanted to be in charge of the content that I was bringing into the world. And somehow in dance that felt possible. It, it was a slightly smaller scale. Uh, you don't have to raise millions of dollars to make a dance. You have to raise $20,000 to make a dance. You know, the whole scale of the operation is, is, is really manageable. And so I was able to direct and I was able to be in charge of the, the narrative. And, and that was just um, really important to me. Uh, and, and I think that, you know, even as I, as I get back into acting, which I'm really eager and excited to do, um, it's still, you know, important to me that um, I continue on this, uh, in addition to that to drive my own content. Um, so that there's always like one part of my life that I'm kind of in charge of the content that I'm, I'm bringing into the world. story to New York doing dance and then when I see you acting again in, in film you're in the Czech Republic <laughs> and, and now you're back here with with ultra low being the latest thing how did you go from here to there and back here again well I love Prague um, it's mostly accident and none of it's, none of it's 
really engineered. Um, uh, the filmmaker, um, Doris Krishki is his name, from um, Tower of Dreams is the name of that film, reached out to me uh, while I was in, in graduate school, actually, and asked me if I would come and choreograph the dancers and the fight scenes for his new fantasy film. And he sent me some clips of the artwork. And I just love the artwork. It's um, this sort of Czech European style, fairy tale style that is just beautiful. And I'd never um, choreographed fight scenes before. And so I thought it would be a really fun thing to go to Prague and spend a couple weeks choreographing in a completely unknown kind of arena. And it was great. I had stuntmen that I was working with and, you know, kind of big sound stage to work on. Um, and in the end, they threw me into the film, uh, which was fun. Uh, so it's a Czech film. I don't speak Czech. <laughs> so, um, so they, they let me um, do what I'm good at, which is apparently crying, and threw a rock at my head, and, and I, I cry and I die, because you don't really need to speak Czech to do that. <laughs> no. Crying's universal. Um, but it was fun, and it was sort of my first piece back into it. Um, and then, obviously, um, Ultra Low, uh, I did this here, which was, again, just a, a, little, a little taste of it. And it, it definitely awoke my appetite to get back into it. And I think that um, at this stage in my life, I'm also just really excited about the kinds of roles that I uh, will be allowed to play. I think in some ways that it's very, very atypical and probably it goes against every rule Hollywood has. But I wasn't that excited about playing the ingenue uh, in Hollywood. That wasn't that interesting to me. Um, and I, it, it's really about being part of interesting stories. And I think as an older um, actor, um, I could probably play parts that are kind of a little bit more idiosyncratic and interesting and juicy. And so um, I'm really curious about what would be available at this juncture. Um, and so that's why I'm happy to um, give it a go and try to get back into it. Okay. Now, my last question here. Um, being, being in the business I'm in, I get emails from this PR company and that PR company saying this person's available, that person's available. Uh, over the last month and a half, and, and I've tried to make this connection before and I had the time wrong on my calendar and just kind of screwed it all up, I've had at least three different people say, Tammy Stronach's doing interviews, Tammy Stronach's doing interviews. So I doubt you're doing them for Never Ending Story and probably not doing them for Ultra Low. So, <laughs> so what's the big push? What's, what's happening right now? Well, I have um, a company called Paper Canoe Company that I just formed recently, and it's great family content for um, for families. Um, I put the company together after I had my daughter, and um, I wanted to bring all of the different kinds of things that I've been doing over the last couple of years under one umbrella, which is you know, movement and theater and singing um, and kind of see what kind of content I could create that um, would be a little bit um, just kind of the best way that I can think of our motto is we want to make kids feel like grown-ups and grown-ups feel like kids. But that, that don't underestimate the intelligence of children. I have a seven-year-old and she's so, so smart. And I feel like the kind of content we feed our kids is so critical um, in terms of the worldview that they develop. And it's often really undervalued, the, the, the sort of stories that we kind of smash into 
the kids' heads. And I think that if we, um, if we feed kids' brains really, really uh, sort of exciting and nutritious <laughs> stories, uh, it's going to serve them really well. And I'm worried about entertainment being used to kind of turn the brain off as opposed to um, art, which can also be entertainment, turning the brain on. And I think, you know, it's really up to how we utilize it, which way it can go. And uh, being a mom and, and being an artist for so many years, it felt important to me to get involved in that kind of conversation. So um, so we released uh, an album recently called Meet Stop Jack, which I'm really proud of. Um, it won three awards, the um, Parenting Award, the Family Choice Award, and the Napa Award. Um, and um, we're interested in developing that into a series of audio books where there'd be kind of narrative interspersed with song. Um, and we definitely do have a very decent short film in the works, which I'm really excited about. Um, we were doing mostly live things in New York, plays, because that's what I know how to do. Right. <laughs> and now we're gently moving into the digital world. So we started with a CD and uh, a video. We made a short video, and now we're working on um, the sort of seeds for a short film. Um, and I and I feel like it's exciting to kind of come back home to acting still within that style of magical realism um, with the sort of, uh, um, but, you know, from a different angle, from the angle of an adult. And so that's kind of what I'm launching. I'm launching Paper Canoe with a nod to where I came from um, and with an interest in sort of, you know, igniting the imagination of my daughter and the, the next generation of kids to come. That sounds fantastic, and that wraps everything I needed to find out. Uh, again, thank you so much for the time, and um, I'm going to have to, I've got a 10-year-old son at home myself, so I'm going to be okay. check some of this out. Yeah, I'm 50 with a 10-year-old, but I'm, I'm sorry. It's just, I, no. you're supposed to make you feel young, and it, that's not working. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, well, thank you very much. I look forward to it. My pleasure. Thank you. Critical Blast. Where pop culture gets blasted.